Hello, good morning, and welcome to KQ and PS. You're joining me, early morning person, for the morning drive time show. You might be wondering how I've got so much energy so early in the morning. Simple, I've got a really big monster energy and Red Bull Enema, like you wouldn't believe. Anyway, it's time to queue up some music, something to get you really going. How about a little bit of queer and pleasant strangers? Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that show where two trans queer people do do talking about our weeks and then make silly voices and do skits and the such. How are yes. you doing this week, Jane? Um, I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing good. I, I'm having a productive week so far. And I'm excited because like I, I get to go see you the day after we record this so it's all but in the past from when this goes out i know in Uh. the past when this goes up but in the future when we record Uh. time travel linear travel of time (laughs) uh the linear nature of time is very strange anyway where should we start with our things this week uh do we want to start with what we've played this week what did we play what did you play Let's uh, start with you. I'll tell you what I didn't play. I didn't play 40 minutes worth of discussion worth of stuff this week. It's going to be a shorter played section, I think. Um, I think so. Yeah, so we played some more Dragon Quest Builders this week, as is the eternal section on this show where we talk about Dragon Quest Builders. It's time for Dragon Quest Builders news! Time for some Dragon Quest Builders! So... Yeah, we both played some more Dragon Quest Builders this week. Uh, I started playing some of Chapter 2 of that game, uh, as we've talked a little bit on on the show about before. Chapter 2 of Dragon Quest Builders is just, like, really depressing. Um, Yeah. Here's how I would describe the difference between Chapters 1 and 2. Chapter 1 is all about the optimism of building. Everything is bright and sunny, and there is grass everywhere, and everything is wonderful. And then you get to chapter two, and it's raining poison water, and all of the water is poison, and there are no resources, and everyone is dying. And the first thing you have to do is build a hospital. And very quickly, the entire hospital is... Like, every bed is full up of people being like, I'm ill. Please put me out of my misery. It's really depressing. Super depressing. Yeah, so, like, I'm getting through it, and I'm making some progress, but, like... Ooh, that's some tonal whiplash, and just like I keep, mm-hmm. I keep not enjoying going back to town because every time I go back to town, it's just five or six people in hospital beds just being like, oh, "I'm ill, help me." Yeah, so that's been my Dragon Quest Builders update this week. Uh, I'm still enjoying the mechanics, but it's just a weird, like, it's just a weirdly depressing chapter. Mm. How how are you doing in Dragon Quest Builders? I finished chapter three and am some way through chapter four. Ooh, which uh, is apparently the final chapter. So miscalculated. Uh, yeah, see, I I looked at that menu and assumed there would be five chapters, mm. but apparently it is four. So, yeah, yeah, how how was chapter four treating you so far? Uh, I'm loving chapter four. I have discovered an item called holy water, which means that I can take the thing that basically started off looking like the moon. <laughs> And throw up some of this holy water stuff. It will cleanse the area, and everything goes beautiful green. All the uh, the skulls and skeletal remains will turn it into the white flowers that you use to make the healing potions. There's uh, the sort of dead shrubs will turn into the bushes you need to get the healing leaves, and um, like the 
weird monster horns that just grow out of the ground. Sometimes they look like rib cages. Uh, they will just turn into trees. So you can make the whole place really, really beautiful. Aww. And it's it's a really, really easy recipe to make. You just use like purified water and um, this like transmutation table, and it will turn it into holy water. And it's super easy to make tons of the stuff. So I have basically spent the last day and a half, I think, just covering the first two areas in beautiful lush green area and it's so pretty full it does and it does sound it does, really lovely <laughs> it does rather mean that all the enemies now look slightly out slightly out of place <laughs> there's, they... there's all these black skeletons in their the, the, like armor and stuff just charging you down and they're just like you friend <laughs> Can you not feel the love in this beautiful green lush area? It does sound really nice being able to take an area that starts off a bit meh and just go like, no, I'm going to throw happiness at this world and everything will be optimistic and we're bringing colour back to the world. Mm. Well, saying that, like recently when you wanted some help or I I was giving you a bit of help with chapter two, obviously being in separate locations, I ended up doing the easiest thing was to just load in and sort of direct you sort of to compass points mm. uh, based on sort of actually looking at it. So I spent most of that time sort of guiding you around using compass points, but also farming uh, grass seeds, mm. um, which meant I went all through my, uh, my old town and sort of around that area and took the horrible, depressing nastiness of, of Chapter 2 and made everything lush and green and shiny and beautiful. That and does think, sound very positive. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot less depressing in that area now. Although, that probably wouldn't work while you're still in the chapter. Yeah. And have bosses to fight, because they will just wreck your town. Yeah, I, I've, I've tried not to get too attached to my town in chapter two, and just be like, okay, yeah. I love from chapter one, don't get attached until you've, you know, beaten the final boss. Um, mm. So yeah. I think... I think you'll enjoy chapter four because you do actually. The it seems like the place that eventually I will get my my starting banner. Um, the place where you start is actually a castle, oh. like a wrecked castle. Okay, I'm very There's into lo- that. Lots of holes, and there are recipes in there for making banners and carpets and things. Is this going to be so, the place where I make another big castle? But this time, it's like the one that I actually have the resources to properly yeah. rebuild. I think so. <gasps> I'm very ready for that. I think so, and like I'm, I'm generally just finding chapter four a lot better. Although, like previously, you've started with, here is a new world. Take this banner and go to this place and let it shine as a beacon of light. Hmm. This chapter, you do not start with that. You don't start with any food. You don't start with any way to sleep. You are in a, a world with virtually no enemies, no difference sort of between day and night, apart from it just gets darker. The the world literally looks like the moon at first. It's all just white rock as far as you can see. But you get through the first section of it, you're given a blue teleportal. You go through that into the main area and they're like, the banner has been stolen, go and get the banner oh. back. Oh. So I've, I'm like, like I say, about, about a day, day and a half in to chapter two and I feel like, uh, chapter four rather, and I feel like I'm... Um, finally going to actually have like an official 
base that I can start building on, and it is right in the middle of this really cool castle. Ah, all right. I'm really excited for that. You keep telling me things about upcoming stuff in the game and making me excited <laughs> to get back into playing. Like you made a very big friend that likes pancakes recently in that game, and I'm very Gigantes. excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to meet them. That was chapter three, so you still yeah. have that to look forward to very soon. Ah, uh, this is this is going to be good. Um, mm. So yeah, did you play anything else this week? I had a little bit of. I played a little bit of Membrane, Ooh. which is a sort of puzzle platformy thing. This is on the Switch, isn't it? This is on Switch. Uh, you are a small pyramid-headed character. That shoots out. You seem to be inside a body of some sort. Like the the world area that I am in the game is called head. So I think there's like other bits of the body. Mm. Um, you are given sort of small, usually single screen areas. You shoot a gun that creates little orange balls and you can jump on the orange balls that will stick together and climb up walls or uh, push big boulders around and you can create sort of like dams to stop the ball rolling backwards you only have a certain amount of ammunition and once that's all used out you can't shoot anymore so you can use uh, another type a bullet type to suck up previously fired ammunition back mm. um i'm not doing very well i'm less than uh two-thirds of the way through the first section mm. and i cannot seem to progress any further well, we, we'll have to check back in on that in future and see whether you've managed <laughs> to get any further then. Uh, also played like five more minutes of, of um, Pac-Man Championship 2. I am not good at the single player of that. Yeah, I played some of the single player at a preview event a month or two mm. back. And yeah, it's it's quite frantic. <laughs> mm, certainly. Yeah, uh, I played a couple of other things. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the main things that I played this week, other than Dragon Quest Builders, were mm. I've been playing a bunch of Romper V3. Uh, for anyone who's yeah. not aware of the series, it is a series of games that all of the main games are basically the same sort of theme. A bunch of school kids are kidnapped and forced to take part in a, a killing game, where it, it's sort of like your uh, Hunger Games Battle Royale t- type thing, where it's like, be the one person who survives. But mm. the the twist on it in this in this one is that they're all trapped in a sort of self-contained area and they'll be given motives to kill each other. And the whole point is, if you can kill someone and get away with it and no one works out it was you, you get mm. away and you're fine and we'll let you out. If you're caught, you die. You get killed. So the whole thing is like, half of it is interacting with these other people, learning about the people you're trapped with, and mm. then a murder will occur, and you have to investigate and do a trial to try and work out who the killer is, so that like they are the one that dies, rather than everyone who guessed incorrectly at the trial dying. Okay. So it's, it's all like murder mystery stuff, and they're all very elaborate... Like, they're all very elaborate puzzles to try and work out how these people were killed. One thing mm. that I will say is in all of these games, um, so it's weird that I'm I'm aware of this, but like one of my parents worked in the police for many years, and one thing that I got told by them was like, if you want to commit a murder and get away with it, you just 
kill someone and don't make a big deal out of it and just go on with your day. It's when you start planning and picking people for specific reasons and being elaborate that, like, you leave evidence and will get caught. And I think about that whenever I'm playing... You learn things on Q&PS, don't you? (laughs) Yes, you do. But, like, the reason I bring that up is I keep thinking of this during Danganronpa because all of these people do these very elaborate murder plans to try and, like, make it impossible for them to get caught. And ultimately, Mm. like, that's what leaves the evidence that gets them caught as the killer. Like, for all of these murders, all you would need to do to get away with the murder is just walk past someone and stab them and then just walk away and be like, nope, wasn't... It, nope, there's no evidence. Who knows who it was? Um, but with that out of the way, like, it's it's This all... comedy podcast really took a turn today, didn't it? It, it did. But, like, all, all of the murder cases are really interesting. Uh, all of the characters are very over-the-top, exaggerated caricatures. And yeah. I've been really enjoying going th- re going through the third game. Uh, it's the second time yeah. I've gone through it. A lot of the cases have very unique gimmicks to them. Um, one of my favourites quite early on in the game was there is someone in this in this situation who is a magician. And yeah. they're doing a magic trip where they're dropped into a tank of water. Curtains are closed. They've got 60 seconds. Piranhas are dropped in. The curtains open. And ha-ha, they manage to escape and magically get out. And no one knows how they did it. Except the problem was, when the curtain pulls back, there's a dead body. Not the magicians, someone else's dead body is in the pool. And it's like, oh, we have to work out not only how the magic trick was done, because the magician refuses to reveal their secrets, but then also how the trick was manipulated to kill someone. Yes. So, like, it's it's all interesting puzzles to try and be like, how how do you manage that? How do? How do? Uh... What I will give as a warning for Dangan Romper Dangan Three, there is a character in it who's like their caricaturish character trait is they are a rude asshole to everyone, and they throw around offensive ways of talking to people, and it's very clearly never actually aimed at any any attribute about that person. They're throwing around terms very untargetedly as just shorthand for you are not a good person or I don't like you, which can be quite jarring. Um, Mm. I went in like knowing that this would be the case and it hasn't particularly bothered me. It's not as bad in the English language translation as I I hear it was in the the Japanese translation. They they avoid actively using slurs typically, Mm. but they will allude to like you can tell what they're going for is is using a like haha i'm gonna make fun of you because you're acting effeminate or something like that right um they're never portrayed as a good character they're always portrayed as like annoying as fuck and no one likes them Mm. but like it's a thing that i feel like i should warn people if they're going into into that this is particularly a character in the third game but um yeah i think that the characters are for the most part, all really interesting. I really enjoy the mystery of trying to solve these 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 murder puzzles. Mm. Just be aware that occasionally there'll be a bit of an arsehole character. Okay. So yeah, that was that was Danganronpa V3. Mm. Uh, have you played anything else this week? 
No, that's everything I've done. Uh, okay, well, I've got one more game I'll get out of the way quickly then. Um, I played a little bit of RuneScape this week, which I've not played in a long Good time. Gravy. I know, so I, <laughs> I played a bit of RuneScape for a feature I'm working on for work. It'll hopefully be up by the time this podcast goes up. Hmm. RuneScape, for anyone who doesn't know, is an, up, is an MMO that was around, like, probably a decade or more ago, like... 12, 13 years ago, I imagine it must have launched, and the whole big deal for it was that because it launched in a browser, mm. it was the MMO that, like, kids could play in school, because it would okay. work on most schools' browsers, and mm. you could also play through pretty much the whole game with a free account. So, mm. it definitely had a very, like, it was the MMO for, like, 12, 13, 14-year-olds when it launched, and... The original version of that game is still kicking around. Like, they, they did lots of updates and changed how it looked. And then they created, like, oh, here's here's a bunch of servers where it looks and plays like it did a decade ago, if that's what you're nostalgic for. So Like everybody wants World of Warcraft to do. Yeah, exactly. Everyone wants their, their WoW vanilla server. So, hmm. uh, yeah, I, I jumped in and played a little bit of of classic RuneScape this week. And... The main thing that, like, I'd kind of forgotten about RuneScape that's actually quite nice for an MMO mm-hmm. is that right from as soon as you finish the tutorial, there is zero pressure to specialize. You can multi-class very effectively as early as you like. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to go and, like, I'm going to specialize as this thing to, to level up my fishing skill or my prayer skill. It's literally just... Oh, you have the tools from moment one to do all of those pursuits. Just mm. keep doing them if you want to level them up. And they cool. they simplify a lot of things down as well. Like, magic is just, here is the magic skill. Here is mm. the, the combat skill. So, it's not as overly complicated as a lot of MMOs. And you can just jump into whatever pursuits you particularly enjoy without having to go on long quests to unlock them Ooh. so yeah it's it's kind of a nice mmo um i'm definitely not gonna stick with playing it but uh one one thing that i was quite excited about was realizing that i still had some of the old time limited items that mm. were like oh you have to log in on a special date when they did it like a decade ago so I'm now like, haha, I have very valuable things in this MMO that no one plays anymore. Haha. Mm. So yeah, that's everything I've played this week. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actisoft. Hello, I'm Mervy. Uh, thank you for attending this meeting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's no problem at all. Uh-huh. I mean, we've heard heard about this terrible thing those fucking guys at Konami have done. Oh, goodness, how you say everything, uh, the bad thing is a bloody genius idea. They've worked out that you can sell extra save files in games by, by just not giving people save files and making them pay for them. It's a frankly genius idea. I think we need to be capitalizing on it. Exactly. I'm just pissed off that they're stepping on our toes. So, uh, so, so, I need to know... Well, I think my voice changed there for a moment. I need to know, what are we going to do to keep up with them on the business practice front? What what things that are expected in the game can we cut out and settle back for an additional profit? Well, I was thinking we could probably just, you know, wholesale sell the ending of the game 
Ah. You know, just like we release the game with no ending at all. It just keeps going on and on in this continuous play loop that doesn't really go anywhere. And then if if they want to go further, they they have to buy like DLC with the the whole end of the game. Well, see that's that's DLC already for you, really though, isn't it? We already cut the ending off. It's just we're just you know giving them. I think it's absolutely a bad idea. We're giving them more game to play. We should just have an abrupt cut off and then nope, the game stops here. Here is the screen that tells you there is no more unless you pay more. We don't want to give them the option to keep playing in a loop. Then they might not buy the DLC. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I, uh, here's, here's my idea. Here's my here's, idea. Let me know what yeah, you think of yeah. it. I think sure. we sell additional resolutions. We include the high-resolution files in the game, but you just can't access yeah. them. You can't, can't turn on HD mode unless you pay us an extra, I don't know, £12.50. Yeah, I. Oh, that's great. How about we 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 do it as like they they the buy-in price. They pay the sixty-nine ninety-nine. They get the six forty by four eighty version. But if they want the platinum gold super hyper edition with the the with the you know the HD, we'll like we'll put it in like seven twenty p if they want to pay an extra hundred bucks. See, here's here's my thoughts on that one. Is you know they can't actually complain about that one because you know. The whole game is in there. It's technically playable. Absolutely. And all absolutely. we gotta do is tell them extra resolutions take extra time to make, take extra effort to make. Yeah. That's our justification. Doesn't matter that Definitely. we made them all already. Ah, it's all good. Absolutely. And while we're on that subject, I suggest that, you know, we have, uh, like, low polygon models. And uh, if you want... Uh, if you want a, a more premium experience, it it's all cosmetic though, all cosmetic. Oh. You know, you can still play the game, uh, but if you want like a higher polygon uh, account on your characters, then you're gonna have to pay us. Uh, I'm thinking maybe another three to four hundred bucks. Oh, brilliant idea, brilliant idea. I've, I've I've got one more idea to add. I think this is probably the last one we need, and we we'll nice. be good with this one. So, nice. I think. We get we get two builds of the game. Yeah. We finish the game and we just like have it finished. And then we give it to the playtesters and we let the playtesters finish it, like fix all the bugs. Yeah. And then we sell the version with none of the bugs fixed. Even though we've already fixed them, we could put the bug fixes in and we go, Oh, do you want do you want all the bugs fixed? Well, oh playing paying the playtesters to find the bugs. That costs money. Oh, well, well, yeah, if you really want it, we'll develop it. And then we just charge him for the bugs that we've already fixed. My God, you're a fucking genius. And how about this? How about this? Just as a little icing on that cake. How about this? They buy that version, and yet there is still every possibility that the entire face of the characters is just going to be missing. There's just going to be eyes and a scary fucking mouth. Oh, that's the brilliant of bug patches. You can roll them out forever. Yeah. Uh, you can keep charging for those sweet, sweet bastards. I think this has been a very productive meeting. Thank you very Excellent. much. Excellent. Long live video games. In a world where insects have run rampant. I am going to take down all of those insects that are invading the house. In a world where nothing can stand up to them. They are everywhere, but don't worry, I will get the chopper to defeat them. Only one man has the power, the ingenuity, and the skill 
to survive and save the world. Sarah Cockroach, you're terminated. <laughs> Welcome to the Exterminator. I'll be back with my bill. <laughs> So, what have you watched? Uh, I know we both watched something this week. Should we start with that? We actually watched two things, but I'm not going to tell you what the other thing was that I watched that oh. you have also watched. Well, <laughs> well I'm sure we Let's will. Let's do the important thing. Let's the do the big thing, one. The good thing. The best thing. We watched Black Panther this week. It was amazing. Oh my god, that film's so good. <laughs> I want to see it again. I know. I, I want to say it justify again. Justify the expense of coming in. I know. I'm. I, I'm looking at it, being like, I'm could, could I? Could I pay for us to go see it again? Like at the weekend, maybe. Because because I really want to go see it again. Such a good film. Yeah. So, Black Panther is probably the most of of all the Marvel superhero films I've seen in like I, I've seen most of them at this point. Mm. This is the one that felt the most, like, unique and refreshing and, like, it was actually, like, pushing to do something new with the formula that I've seen yeah. in ages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that some of the things I didn't realise until going into that film that I would appreciate as much as I did were things like the the use of, I, b- I believe the term for it is Afrofuturism, which yep. is... Sci-fi and high-tech future design, but with African design roots. Um, there's slightly more to Afrofuturism, but that that is certainly the aesthetic that they were going for. Yeah, it's it, it was one of those things that I didn't realise until I saw this film quite how we never get African-designed futuristic high-tech city designs. We don't see enough of it. No, it was it was really refreshing. It was really nice as well seeing like the the clashes between uh there was a lab design that was like all this sleek uh high-tech stuff but then with like some really nice graffiti stuff done on one wall. Shuri's lab is amazing. Oh, that like, that's it's that sort of African art all up the sort of central column. Mm. Where the, I was going to say stairs, but it's essentially a very accessible lab because there's a ramp. Yes, there is a lamp. A, a, a lamp? There's a ramp in the lab. <laughs> a lab ramp. A lamp. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, there was just things like uh, all the, the outfit designs were really mm. colourful. Um, there, w- there was just a lot of colour in a lot of the scenes as well, which yeah, really is really nice when so many superhero films are just silver and grey throughout. Um, well, unless you're watching Iron Man, which is very red. Very red. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed... I, th- I think the big thing that I took away from that film was the villain and the... the <laughs> well, that... that the, okay, the antagonist they have is probably a better term than villain. The antagonist yeah. they had was someone with very understandable... Uh, beliefs and ideals who it's mm. very hard to argue with what they were going for absolutely I did spend a lot of time sitting in that film just going well he's he's got a fucking good point he's got a fucking good point <laughs> it's, he's maybe not going about it the right way but like his point is fucking good absolutely it's like, you can't really blame the dude yeah it's, I, I don't want to ruin too much about this film for people who haven't seen it yet but the, the antagonist who shows up, 
They have a very good reason for doing what they're trying to do. And I totally get why they're pissed off and why they're like, no, fuck, fuck yeah. the current way things are. Things yeah. need a shake-up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, also, like, I... <laughs> I really enjoy the, the the narrative note that that film ended on. Mm. Um, one thing that I saw this week that I thought was a bit ridiculous was people suggesting that, like, the main city in this film is Wakanda, mm. which is this African um, city that is incredibly technologically advanced, but also completely shut off from the world. Um, uh. They hide their existence. And ridiculously, I saw some people trying to make comparisons between that and Donald Trump and what he's trying to do in terms of closing off American borders. Which, did those people not stay after the credits? Did they, yeah, th that's kind of my point, is that like the way this film ends is definitely not a message of it's better to shut yourself off from the world. Quite the opposite message this film goes it for. Actually, even ignoring the after the mid credit and after credit scene, the like that that last scene where they're in, okay, that last scene that I cannot talk <laughs> yes. about is 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 very much like a let's get involved in the world and you know perhaps our old ideas about the sort of insular nature were not so good. Yeah, it's it's a very good film. <laughs> It's a very good film. Uh, um, the the cast are amazing. the The score is incredible. The pacing, the costume, the pacing uh, is good. It was nice to see a Marvel superhero movie where we actually got time to have a bit of character development. Yeah, this this wasn't like Civil War or um, Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron or something Ultron. where like yeah. here's a bunch of new characters you won't have any time with. If they they weren't, to, let's be fair though, with Age of Ultron they weren't necessarily new characters but there was no time to develop anything with any of those characters. Well, there were at least four new major characters introduced in, in Age of Ultron. There was Ultron, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch and um, yeah, Vision. None of whom really got any time to shine. But even even the, the characters who'd been in previous yeah. ones and had had their own movie, movies got sort of no, hey, this is a new thing. Yeah. So that... We're here for a reason. It, it was yeah. verging on the Michael Bay there. It was nice to have a film with so Actually, many characters, but all the characters got their moment. Yes. You got a good chance um, to feel what they their deal was. Yeah. I know you often get that with like the, the first of a, a new... Um, superhero franchise, you'll get that sort of like introducement to the characters, and I'm sure comic book purists for Black Panther maybe aren't big fans of this film for various reasons, ah. as always happens with new superhero movies. But like, I would love to see more Black Panther. Oh, I I would love to see Shuri get her own spin-off movie. I guarantee that we're gonna get more Black Panther because um. This film did almost as well at the box office as The Force Awakens did. Um, nice. It is, I believe, the highest grossing superhero film ever that wasn't a sequel. Nice. So, like, for the, the first, like, film in a superhero franchise, this had the biggest opening weekend ever. It's, like, it's, it's breaking all sorts of ridiculous sales records, and it it deserves it. Like, this, this film mm. is just... A couple of hours of very well-paced, 
very well acted excitement and very on point discussion of the world today yeah um also it's really like i'm just gonna put it out there it's nice to see a film where like there's only two white people and both of them like you know are not the focus of what's going on I mean, I, I agree. It was nice to see a film where the white people were the minority rather than the majority. Because as someone who grew up in South London, like, I very often go places and look at places and go, it's fucking white around here. Yeah. I look at films and go, it's not a lot of colour in this film. Yeah. And not... You know, and, and not just black people, uh, you know, Indian, Asian, like... The whole, uh, all of Asia and Africa is largely ignored. Yeah, in in too much media, I'm... and uh, fuck people who say things like full uh, uh, forced, forced diversity, because <laughs> that's bullshit. Because bits yeah. of the world are beautifully diverse, and I love that about them. Indeed, and, and I desperately miss it when I go places where there it's just like god it's very white around here yeah if, if you were to like move down to Bournemouth <laughs> you would constantly just be like it's fucking white down here it was the f- first it was one of the first things I noticed in Bournemouth it was one of the first things I no- I've noticed most of the way across the south coast yeah um I a couple of years ago I went to Eastbourne for the first time and literally the first words out of my mouth as soon as we got out the car was there there was it's very white around here. <laughs> so one thing that like I think is really reassuring about having gone to see this film is yeah. I went to see it like nearly two weeks after it launched. Mm. Um, the cinema was completely packed. Like I got the last seat in the screening that I went to like Man. two weeks after launch. And film finished, everyone stood up. There was a standing ovation for this film. And I'm like... This is reassuring that, like, we're going to mm. get more of this. Because I'm hoping this is the film that makes, like, AAA Hollywood just go, oh, yeah, we don't have to just put white people in a film for it to mm-hmm. sell. It can still be, like, a big mega blockbuster. If yeah. it's not chock full of white people. Yeah, and, and not in that sort of ridiculous 70s black exploitation kind of way actually empowering important black characters can be awesome and can sell tickets if if money is really all you're interested in like they are cool characters that like the i, I want more of this yeah so i definitely want more of sherry because oh, i've always yeah i'm I've I've always gone for the nerd the the sort of creative type in in anything and I love the lab I love the lab design I love the inventions and the gadgets in oh, this one one bit of like design in that lab that I just want to say before we move on that I thought was really hacking cool was the mm-hmm. sort of virtual um sh- the virtual vehicle designs and the way that they could be yeah. piloted and that sort of when these virtual constructs came up in the lab. They were almost built out of like sand, and there was a lot of that. Sort yeah, of like the, holo- the hologram designs were very similar. Yeah. That it was like projections built out of physical moving sand. Yeah. Oh. Um, and there's there's the bit quite near the beginning where they're looking at the um, the convoy. Oh yeah. And it's it's uh, T'Challa sort of picks it up and and looks at it and flicks the roof off so you can sort of see who's in the 
the truck. But with it, we're talking about the opening scene, so not yeah. huge spoilers there. But like that, that idea of this sort of black sand sort of thing. I mean, maybe there's more explanation for that in the comic books, but I just I, thought I that just loved aesthetically yeah, was amazing. That moving, shifting physical mm. sand was a really nice, like tangible aesthetic for hologram yeah. stuff. Um, yes. But yeah, what else have we watched this week? Uh, hang on, I need to get the list up. <laughs> Everything was rather pushed out of my head by the good thing that I saw. Um, you watched a TED, a TED Talk? Uh, yeah, so other things we watched this week. Uh, I don't yet know what the thing that we, the other thing we both watched was, but I watched a TED Talk this week that I, I so thought was I. just quite sweet. Um, the TED Talk was called How I Use Minecraft to Help Kids with Autism by Stuart Duncan. And it's, it it's only like good. a 10 minute or so TED talk you can find it on YouTube. What I think's really nice about it is that it's basically using um, the starting point of this autism focused server, uh, Minecraft server, as a way to talk more generally about how it's really beneficial when you've got people who struggle with learning difficulties not to punish difficult behavior but to use it mm. as an opportunity to try and understand what that individual's specific needs are that are causing the issue yeah. and to use that as a way to reach out and to better understand mm. what needs aren't being met and how better to meet them yeah and talk and the way it talks about sort of co-issues with other problems that children might have uh like Tourette's or the, the when they were talking about the 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 kid that kept putting lines of dashes in the chat. Yeah, that was a really good example. Like the kid that was putting big lines covering most of the screen in the text chat and a lot of kids were getting annoyed with it and he was being asked to stop and he was continuing to do it. And eventually when they asked about what was going on, it turns out, oh, he's losing his eyesight and that was helping him to better Break differentiate the yeah the lines of text and as such they built a a plugin that would allow him to see lines between every bit of text without having to type them in yeah like i i used to get in a lot of trouble in uh, primary school because of the way i would take down notes off of the blackboard mm. and it turned out that i was just having issues focusing on what line i was on mm. So the teacher started writing all sort of two or three lines in one colour and then the next two or three lines in a different colour. Mm. And all of a sudden, like, my work was increasing. It didn't affect anyone else in the room. In fact, a few other people said it was quite helpful. Mm. But there, there was, it was, it was a little thing that a teacher can make a difference that doesn't necessarily, can be made to not necessarily affect anyone else. In, in the case of the Minecraft server, they uh, developed a plugin. Yeah. That's people who have these sort of issues can use they found a way of uh, or made a way of highlighting that person's name so that if somebody else is trying to talk to them they can tell they're being addressed and mm. um, you can change what's um character uh, what unique character is being used to break up text in in chat yeah, logs it, it just it, it was just really nice seeing like a good dissection of how when you stop and listen to people's specific needs, you can... Yeah. It, it, rather than shutting people out of a community, you can find ways to help more people in the community who perhaps didn't realise that was a thing they could ask for. Yeah. 
So yeah, it was... and it was it was nice that they had a, a space to explore and be themselves. And they were talking about how it had positively affected children. They were starting to get non-verbal children talking. Mm. Okay, they were only talking about Minecraft, but, but they're talking. As a, as a parent, I'm sure that is a huge thing to to sort of go, wow, actually, like this community has has done so much yeah, good. Yeah, like it was really nice hearing some of the stories about like kids who were learning to uh, to write more effectively and mm-hmm. like not use phonet- uh, phonetic spellings because they were seeing the same words they were using mm-hmm. written by other players and were sort of picking up by osmosis and without the sort of grammar nazi-ness you get in yeah. a lot of online spaces it it was just a really nice talk that i i highly oh. recommend it's it's only 10 minutes or so long but i think it's well worth a watch yeah it's yeah it's about 10 and a half minutes it's a good Good one. Um, it also obviously popped up in my sub box this morning, so I gave it a look too. Hooray! Uh, so I think that's... Is that it for what we've watched this week? Yeah, pretty much. Very well, very well. Welcome to the, the board meeting for CRISPCO. Oh, yes, Everyone yes, ready? Yes, I'm ready, I'm ready. I, 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 yes. I've come over from the, the branding department. How, how, how are you all doing? We're all ready. We've got new crisps for 2018. Okay, what are we... Already slapping in the middle of February. Got to keep going with some new flavour. What have we got on the release docket for crisp flavours? Uh, to start off with the the, sort of the simple ones, the maybe not as as adventurous as we'd like, but uh, we've got cheese and pineapple. Oh, yes, yes, I can see how that works. You, you have them together on a stick at parties and everything. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely. Uh, tapas and gin. Oh, who doesn't love a good, a good gin with their tapas? What else have we got? Uh, strawberry milkshake. Ooh, lovely and creamy. Just what you expect out of a crisp. Do you want a couple of mine that we got here? Oh, lovely, lovely. Mm, mm. Um, uh, do try one of these. These are pre-licked. Oh, oh, lovely. Oh, really brings out the really brings out the milky flavour. Mm, mm, yes, these pre-licked. All most of the flavour's been taken off of them. They're a little bit damp, so there's no crispiness. Oh yes, yes. It's a um, as 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 our uh, many of our competitors have recently uh, in the in, in the real world noticed. You want to have you mm. want to be able to market non-crunching lady crisps. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, let's not, let's not gender them uh, unnecessarily. Certainly crisps that make less noise, you know, oh, yes, eating yes. in the cinema and such. Oh, yes. Uh, so you you should be ready to, to try one of our new flavours of crisp. Uh, it's almond mm. and raisin. <laughs> you just love a bit yeah, of fruit and nut in there, crisp. Oh, I've heard of this one as well, yes. It's just, also, we've been looking in the R&D department. We've got uh, Toddler's Leftovers and Dropped Ice Cream. Oh, are they both the same flavour? Are they are they a combined flavour or two separate ones? Well, certainly very unusual. They're, 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 they're two separate ones. Uh, we, we might even do them in like a mixed pack. Ooh. So you get like the flavour of a, a cold chicken nugget in one. And in the other one, you've got like a little bit of pavement slash... Dropped vanilla. Oh, lovely. You know what else we got on our list? Uh, that one sock that you lost and you haven't been able to find. Oh, delicious. One of my favourites. Oh, isn't it, isn't it wonderful? The, the taste of satisfaction of, oh, that, that, oh, I'm so glad to see you, sock. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, over in our R&D department, we've got a new car, new carpet, and a new pet. Oh, lovely. Um, one one flavour that I think, uh, it's not a traditional flavour, but I think it might go down with the teens that like to do those sort of challenge foods, the sort of, you know, how long can you keep a sour sweet in your mouth, mm, is um, mm. the taste of asking for a highly detailed action figure for Christmas and instead Ooh. getting the Funko Pop variant of the same character. Oh, goodness, that's the taste of disappointment oh, right isn't it there. just, you know, it's almost what you were getting at, and it's still nice, but it's, it's just mm. not on the scale mm. you were expecting. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. We've got another one that's uh, ennui-flavoured. Do try it. You know what? I really don't know how to feel about that one. Well, how about this? It's a new one for the vegans. Especially for the vegans, you know. It's all they eat. Twigs and grass flavoured Yeah, crisps. twigs and grass, exactly. It's, what, what, why, why, why even have the middle person? Just just go straight to the twigs and grass in a bag. Oh, I think there's twiglets, isn't it? <laughs> I think we've had a very productive meeting. We should, I think we should ship these all to the production line today. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, uh, where's that coffee? Coffee! coffee. Ooh, coffee flavoured. <laughs> Who's going to make bad decisions about takeaway on the way home? Who's got work in the morning and really should have stayed home? Who's got a project due in the morning that they really should be working on? Who really shouldn't have had that last Jacob on? Who's here just trying to ignore their feelings? I feel personally attacked by this contract. Who's not something past the bouncers and is really hoping it doesn't get noticed and is having a great time? So, what have we been listening to this week? So, uh, listening, um, well, carrying on from our our Black Panther and the fact that you were talking about on on Twitter, I think it was, you mentioned how much you'd enjoy the aesthetics Mm. and someone flagged to you that 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 style is called Afrofuturism. Mm. So I decided to do a little bit of Googling and found out that Afrofuturism covers a huge amount of things uh, of like art and music and design and so forth Um, so I looked up a bit of of, uh, Afrofuturist music and uh, a name that sort of came quite near the top of listings of things about Afrofuturist music was um, uh, I I suppose a group the two people who went by the name of Drexia Mm. and um, they released uh, I think by the looks of it, I could see about seven or eight albums. I think it was. Uh, I listened to Grab Four and The Quest, and they talk about the the name Drexia and the mythology thereof. And apparently, this is written in the the inlay for the original uh, vinyl of The Quest. And the name refers to an Atlantis style myth where Drexia. Uh, was an underwater country populated by the unborn children of pregnant African women who were cast overboard by slavers um, who adapted to breathe underwater. And it is this whole sort of 
futurist underwater city apparently and the that afrofuturism talks a lot about going to space as well mm. so drex's stuff is very sort of um like ambient electro it's quite um strange soundscapes that do feel very like futuristic and spacey um it's it's very unusual and certainly certainly worth a listen um it seems like a lot of their stuff is available on youtube but as always if you can if you like the stuff do uh do send them some pennies i have just googled them because i want to check them out for anyone who's wondering about spelling it's d-r-e-x-c-i-y-a that's the one yeah so that that is a thing i'm gonna have to check out this week Oh, have you got any? Uh, yes, let me find what I've been listening to. Uh, so one of the things I listened to this week was a song by an artist called Will Wagner. Uh, that's W-I-L, no second L in this. Um, and the song that I, I listened to, and this was one I was recommended on Spotify when it just did its whole pick-me-songs-for-the-week, was called Song About Why I Suck. And... It's kind of it, it's it's a really sort of beautiful song, very guitar led, that is about the duality of being a person, and that sometimes you can feel kind of negative about yourself and be like, "Oh, there's all these things wrong with me," and it's very easy to let you yourself think that defines me, that's everything about me. Mm. But it sort of juxtaposes that with like that doesn't mean that nothing about me is good and that I can look at the positive. Um, like, there's this this line that comes up every now and then that's, um, I hate what I've become, but I've never been so proud of what I've achieved. Mm. And it's trying to juxtapose these two things of like, hey, there are these negatives and there are these things that I, I know I, I struggle with and that I know I need to get out of and these things aren't great, but I can do these things and these things are good. Mm. And I'm achieving things, and I am doing good things, so I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a really... It's made me feel really positive listening to it, in spite of the fact that a lot of the song is about not necessarily being... Not being necessarily great as a person, that you might be fucking up in a lot of regards, but it's okay still, because you can still be a good person. Yeah, you can. yeah. So that's that's one I listened to this week. What about you? I listened to um, a mix called "Journey into 18 uh, by Rochpaws on YouTube. Um, it's a bit of funky uh, progressive trance, uh, or sorry, progressive psytrance. Mm-hmm. Lots of um, it's 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 a good driving beat. It's got lots of that typical progressive trance, very odd sounds, and it's a, a lot of that sort of very uplifting stuff you get with with psytrance. Um, it's a, I think it was about an hour and forty minutes. It's a nice mix. Ah. What have you got? Uh, yeah, I've got another track. Uh, there's a track called "There Are Wrecking Balls Inside Us." By an artist mm-hmm. called Listener. It starts yeah. off as a very sort of like piano, little bit of guitar, little bit of like woodwind instrument, uh, very floaty Ooh. track. Uh, nice. When the lyrics kick in, it's a very sort of like spoken word kind of track. Um, mm. You get a bit of a strong drum beat comes in with the with the lyrics, but 
lyrically, it's another one that I find quite uplifting that is both about, you know, negatives and positives colliding. So in, in this mm. one, it is a song that is lyrically about um, the somewhat destructive nature of, of, like, sometimes in life you can have a bit of an urge to just, like, you know, oh, I'm not doing well enough at this. I'm just going to, you know, throw it aside and just not keep going. Mm. And it's about facing that feeling and going, it's okay to be scared sometimes and to be brave sometimes. You can fail sometimes and do okay sometimes. You've got time. You can just kind of work on things and do what you want to do and take your time with it. It's okay. And, you know, even even if you're like throwing some things aside, you'll build new things later and you're going to, you're going to get there. You're going to get to a point where you're happy with everything that's going on. And mm. it's, it's talking about this while using a metaphor of wrecking balls as being like, you know, you, you picture them as being something you use to tear things down and to demolish things. But ultimately, once things are demolished with a wrecking ball, you've got a new space that you can then use to build something new. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really nice mm. track. I, I very much enjoyed it. So I'll give that one a recommend. Nice. What about you? Um, the only other thing I've been listening to, and I need to get my MP3 player up because it's a new edition. I've finally listened or started listening to. I'm about forty minutes away from the end of the Adventure Zone Amnesty arc. Oh, uh, am- Amnesty to play more D and D or am- Powered by the Apocalypse. A- Amnesty is the new sort of mini arc that they did recently. That's a Monster of the Week one. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. It's um one of the sort of fate uh fate style Powered by the Apocalypse type games. Um, but in this case, it's Monster of the Week. Very much like uh, the example they bring up a couple of times is is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. There will be sort of. In in or in this system very much allows for there is a new monster you might encounter a uh, vampire this week or a sasquatch or or whatever in, in that sort of tales from the loop kind of people having an adventure and is some big thing and a uh, 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 tales from the loop very much sort of brings that idea together as well. Mm. And and Amnesty is very nice. It's it's one shot, so they've got they 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 don't have to necessarily worry about the future of those characters as you would with if you were, if you're playing like an ongoing campaign with that that system. But the it, it sounds like they're having a lot of fun in typical typical the adventure zone. Yeah, manner. I I listened through that a little while ago, and I agree. Mm. I think that they all very much enjoyed that sort of four or five episode mini arc. Mm. So it's it's its own completely standalone story. So it's yep. yeah, if you're just in the the mood to hear a sort of tabletop role play story between four people, that's very monster mm. of the weekish. The Adventure Zone Amnesty is a really nice one. It is a good one. Uh, and I want to play more tabletop I, RPG stuff. I know. We need to, like, when when we move in together, we need to set up, like, a local group that we can we can play as a group. I might know some people. I think that that should be a thing. <laughs> um, 
So, other than that, I listened to one other... Actually, a couple of other things I'll get through mm-hmm. quickly. So, I really enjoyed a track this week called Particles by an artist called Yotam Parrell. And I bring them up because I really enjoy Yotam Parrell as... Uh, they have a YouTube channel. And mm. they do a lot of, like... They do a lot of internet skits and videos and things like that. But the thing that I think of them most for is that every year on their birthday they release a song about the the age they're turning. And mm-hmm. they're maybe a month or two older than me. Which means mm-hmm. that like every time my birthday rolls around, I go and listen to the, the song he's written about turning the age I've just turned. Mm. And... I find that, like, a lot of them just, like, very much speak to me. I very much find mm-hmm. them, like, oh, okay, you're, you're hitting about the... You're in about the same place I'm at this year. That's that's good to know. I'm on, a, I'm, I'm on an okay track here. Um, nice. Like, a lot of his, like, birthday songs he's written have, over the years, focused more on the fact that he's struggling creatively and doesn't quite know what he wants to do next but he's excited to find what that's going to be and i'm like mm. yeah i quite like artist who's making songs about that so yeah. i'd recommend if you want to see like a really interesting evolution of someone who makes songs on a year-by-year basis look at yotam parrell's birthday followed by like an age playlist mm. it's it's very interesting to see someone be very open about how they're changing as a person. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's everything I've listened to this week. Nice. Oh, oh no, actually, there's one other thing I oh. forgot to mention. Oh. Um, so I listened to a bit of a band called Emery this week. And mm-hmm. Emery are an interesting band. I found them on Spotify. Um, but my history with this band goes back about a decade. So mm-hmm. Emery are a christian rock band that i Mm -hmm. i listened to when i was about 16 or so probably maybe 17 this was when i was like the last year or so that i was like in the christian church and i was going along to youth groups and i was encouraged away from the rock music you know the devil's rock and encouraged by this like youth leader to listen to this band emery and Mm. I very much enjoy their album, The Question. Now, it's a, a Christian rock album that very rarely explicitly mentions God. If you know it's a Christian rock album, you might listen to it and go, oh, I can see how that might be a reference to something biblical, maybe. But yeah. it's not too upfront. Um, there is one track that is an exception to that that I will uh, just give people a heads up on for this album. There is a track called Listening to Freddie Mercury. I, I, I want to find the lyrical line that, like, I have a problem with. Here is the section of the song that kind of bothers me. Um, Gary's getting drunk to forget Sarah. Sarah's stealing money from her parents. Aaron's lying straight to John about Megan and the things that went on. Jessica's a gossip. Laura's a slut. Derek hits Bridget and Ben deals drugs. Seth spends all his money gambling. Joey stopped praying. It's all the same. And yeah, it then goes on to talk about how all of those things are equal levels of sin. We're, we're all the same people with sinning hearts that make us equal. And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say that that list of things that was listed. Um, I don't necessarily think that they're all equal levels of sin. Um. Gary getting drunk to forget Sarah and Derek hitting Bridget. 
not necessarily the same level of things there. Um, you know, so... Also, they're, like, weird to have a Christian band, like, slut-shaming. So, mm. like, I wouldn't recommend that track. It's a very weird pick for a Christian rock album. But generally, I quite enjoy the, just, like, the tone and energy of this band and the way they put lyrics together. Just, like... Mm maybe skip that one song. Yeah. So that, that's the weird territory you get into when, like, a decade later you listen back to Christian rock albums and go, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, I feel like, like, my level of, of moral decency here is better than what that song is is telling me to do. I don't necessarily mm. believe, be, believe I should follow that song's moral guidance. Yes. Uh, Christian rock. morality. Questionable morality, uh, Christian. It's rock. it's almost like occasionally the morals of Christianity are a little imperfect sometimes. It's like they learn nothing from Jesus about forgiving and loving and you know forgetting the old rules of the Bible that and that's the whole reason yeah. that he died for your sins. But what do I know? I'm just an atheist yeah. who never went to church. What, what what do I know? Christian rock tells me that getting drunk and hitting someone both the equal levels of sin. Uh, so yeah, that's everything I've listened to this week. Yay. Here. In this retail unit, we see a prime example of the regular retail worker. Here they go about their day, cleaning, taking cash, and helping customers. Of course, there are many types of predatory customer, as well as, of course, the great manager. Here we see a particularly egregious member of the predatory species, the angry, complaining customer. Note by their particular plumage that they can always be identified. Oh my goodness, it's so ridiculous that you can't even get me this simple thing done. Can I speak to your manager? They should be able to sort that. You should have been able to sort this for me in the first place, but I want a manager now. And here comes the manager, of course. Oh, I'm telling you, customer, the same thing that my colleague has already told you. They were correct in what they told you. We cannot sort that thing, unfortunately. We are very sorry for any inconvenience. Of course, beyond the simple manager, there are also those of the same retail worker species that seem to think they are somehow more senior. Uh, it'd be really helpful if you could get this done for me. It, it would really help us all out, really, if you could if you could get that finished. I'm the same level you are. Oh, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you. Uh, it is, I'm not trying to be a manager. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that if you could get that done, that would be really helpful, wouldn't it? Then do it yourself, Janet. <laughs> In addition, the retail worker is often known that they are not permitted to lean or sit, often having to spend long hours on their feet for no good reason. Mm, it's not very polite of you to be leaning on the counter, is it? I might not come back and shop here if if I see staff leaning around. It, it gives a bad impression. It makes it seem like it's not the kind of shop I want to shop in if you're going to lean on things. 
Now, come on, Bradley. If you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Go about the, the, the work there. Try, try and get some of the shop tidied up a bit. Come on now. Customers, customers everywhere. Two's a queue. Nine's a line. Let's lose those queues and move those shoes. Isn't nature beautiful? Oh, you know what they want? They want... They want like people starving to death because they're denied of precious life-saving meat. Oh goodness! If we can't, if we can't like do anything mean to animals, we won't be able to make glue. Out, what are we gonna do without glue? We can't stick stuff. No glue. That holds the world together. Ah, oh, it does. Yeah, and and just imagine it, right? There's there's all these like bunnies and and dogs just let out of laboratories. Like, what are we supposed to test things on? And like. Oh, goodness, the people that make horseshoes, they're going to work themselves into an early grave because we can't eat none of them. Exactly. And, like, then the whole world's just going to be overrun with, like, wild chickens and cows and pigs and sheep because, like, they've all been let off the farms and stuff. They're going to be everywhere, just overrun. There won't be no room for the people no more because there'll just be free animals everywhere. We're going to be drowning in, in wool because, like, we won't be able to, like, shave the sheep to, to make wool stuff with. So, like, yeah. the, the sheep will get so big, just the whole world, it just be just be sheep so big, it's wool everywhere. Yeah. And there, there won't be none of them like bubbles on like them cute bubbles you get on handbags and like on, on key rings and, and people's hats and stuff. Because cause people will just be treating dogs with respect, you know. Oh no, in it and like if 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 we can't eat eggs, like where are the eggs gonna go? They're just gonna break, and then like we're yeah. gonna be like everyone's gonna have like cuts on their feet because they're walking on yeah. eggshells. Exactly, and and the other thing is like. Because there's going to be no horses, there's going to be no glue, so shoes won't be able to be glued together. And because they're not killing the cows, they won't be able to make leather, so there won't be no shoes. And everyone will have egg on their feet. And then like there'll be like the the rabbits are going to become hyper evolved and like lapis sapiens. And then they're going to be like everywhere, and they're going to take over. And it's going to be like Planet of the Apes, and we won't, but with rabbits who so are really like, angry. And we won't be able to eat our way to safety because that yeah. that's the future the vegans want. That's the future the vegans want. I'm enraged. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Russia Justice Warriors. Hi, how are you doing today, Barry? Uh, not, not so bad, Larry. Larry uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. I've I've been having an all right day, but I saw something. I, I no. saw something a bit shitty today. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 so I was I was going I was going down the road uh, earlier today, yeah. and I saw someone who happened to be very short, and I yeah. saw a car slow down right near him, right. and take pictures of them without asking and just drive right off. It really oh, it really rubbed me up the wrong way. Oh, I can't stand people like that. What's wrong with them? Oh, I know. It, it really... Oh, just because you see someone a bit different. Oh, I know. It really bothers me when I see yeah. people photographing people without consent. It's, 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 yeah. Regardless of the reason, it's just a really nasty thing to do, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Like, I've been a fat person in a restaurant and people have taken pictures of me. You know, in in one case, that's actually turned up on social media, and I've had to to deal with that. Ugh. Very often, these people like you know they might not think that I, I've noticed or whatever, or or that the the person that they're they're taking pictures of have noticed. 
But, you know, in some cases, they have noticed. It's just that they're, like, too, uh, you know, threatened or attacked to, 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 to say anything. And I think that's bang out of order when, when people treat you like some kind of spectacle. Oh, goodness, yeah. Being tweet- treated like a sideshow is just not... It's just not on, is it? And, no. And, you know, there's there's other examples as well of situations where people happen to take photos without consent. It's just never yeah. right. Like... I, I I I had an experience a while back where I was at a uh, convention and there were a lot yeah. of people in cosplay and I I saw a gentleman who was just walking around with a long scope on his camera taking pictures of people and these weren't people posing for a picture that he'd asked permission in advance this was like someone in a costume happened to be sat down against a wall trying to get some some lunch eaten and just yeah. taking pictures and you know, I went and had a word, and I was like, you know, this is not on. These people have not consented to a photograph. I, I'm aware they're in costume, but the polite thing to do is to go and talk to that person and say, hey, I really like your costume. Would you mind me taking a picture? Because, one, yeah. it lets them, you know, show the costume off to the best of their ability to, yeah. you know, take a photo in a way that they are comfortable with. And B, if they're for any reason not comfortable being photographed, you know, they might be a trans person, for example, and, like this is their first time presenting and they're not out yet and there may be safety yeah. concerns in being photographed yeah. and what you do is, you know, you check the person's okay because otherwise you just end up either like a jerk because you're going to laugh at the person or yeah. as a really creepy fuck because, like, yeah. you're taking people's pictures without them knowing. What are you going to do with those pictures? That's, you know, yeah. that's uncomfortable. It makes everyone exactly. uncomfortable. Yeah, cosplay is not consent, and you don't know how that picture is going to be taken. You don't know if they're going to be, uh, you know, how that person is looking at you. All you really know is that someone has taken that picture. And then, of course, there's these these other occasions, these these people that uh, mock people at gyms. Oh, okay. They'll take photographs of people in the gym, and I, you know, a lot of gyms will have a no photography like rule anyway. So, like, there's people in there. They're doing their best. They, you know. People are usually at the gym because they're trying to change something about themselves, oh, whether that be a level of fitness or, or weight issues or, or, or strength or stamina for whatever reason. Usually there is some sort of transformation that someone is trying to make for themselves by being at the gym. So taking the pictures of them non-consensually is... It's just bang out of all. Oh, indeed. It, it rubs me up the wrong way when you see people mock, like taking photos in order to mock people, like in that example at the gym, because you should yeah. probably be admiring the fact that they're there, because, you know, that's not an exactly. easy thing to do, and they're clearly, like, you know, working on something. Like, whatever you're there trying to mock in that photograph is probably something that they're there trying to do something about, and you, all you're doing yeah. is you're discouraging them from working on that thing. Um,. I remember an example from a few years ago. Some celebrity took a picture of a person who was uh, a little overweight in a gym. They didn't have any clothes on in the picture. And they put what? this picture on their public Instagram and were like, uh, basically mocking this person's weight and suggesting they shouldn't work out there. And that that's so in. That's got to be so demoralising. It's got to be so demoralising when like you're that person who's decided, I'm going to go to the gym and that's the 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 reward yeah. you get it's it's not on and that person thankfully got for life banned from that gym that celebrity well, but the, the at best you know but the damage was already done at that point cuz like they'd already yeah. taken that non-consensual picture exactly and you know the, you, you, it was 
looking out for the person that's actually suffered that indignity that you know someone's taken something from them without permission you know and and as anyone who's ever been robbed or anything like that there is that level of just like feeling violated as a result of someone taking something from you without your permission without you having any control and you being that little bit helpless and that's just bang out of order and not on and i think these people are absolutely disgusting that would do anything like that Oh goodness, yeah. So whatever the whatever the reason, whether it be someone who for what someone's wearing or for who they are or for any attribute about themselves, it's just ridiculous to t- you know if you want a picture of someone, go and politely ask, and if they say no, respect that, and Absolutely. you know don't don't take pictures of people without their permission. It's it's just it's just common courtesy. Oh, and we're on the subject. Upskirting can fuck. Oh off. yeah, I'm glad they got rid of that Reddit to do with it. That, that's what one, you know, take upskirt pictures are are not a thing that is consented to. Generally, it is. No. It's just people being ridiculous perverts. Absolutely, and and like no, it's worse when it's bloody tabloid newspapers. Oh. The the sun. The bloody sun. A number of times they've taken pictures up people's skirts as they're they're getting out of cars for some sort of celebrity oh, event. Just because just someone is, is famous does not mean you have the right to take invasive pictures of them without their consent. Exactly. Like, you know, and if someone is... if Just because someone is going somewhere where they might be seen for a public thing does not mean that they have consented to, the, you know, you taking pictures of them as they're getting out of a car oh. up, their, up their skirt or whatever. That's just not on. Paparazzi in general can just fuck off with the whole taking pictures of celebrities when they're just trying to walk to the shops in their, their tracksuit bottoms. like Or take their kids to school. Oh, exactly. Take a bit for family members just because they happen to be related to a celebrity or celebrity yeah. themselves, you know. Get, give them some degree of privacy. No taking pictures of them in their own home. If they're clearly not yeah. doing a media appearance, you know, don't be like, oh, so-and-so wore a baggy shirt today. They're clearly feeling lazy. They didn't do their makeup. It's like, no, they do that. Yeah, and what are you yeah. wearing today while you're taking this picture? Oh, exactly. exactly. Like, those people, they, they, you know, dress themselves up for, for appearances because that's where they're consenting to this situation. Their private life shouldn't be, you know, something that you're taking pictures in order to go, oh, they didn't put much effort into their appearance. That's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, this has been a good productive chat, I think. Yeah, slightly ragey in places, but I oh. think we've got some good things covered. Oh, sometimes it just, you know, you just got to get the rage out about this because there's some, there's some just bloody ridiculous stuff in this world, isn't there? There really is. Oh, well, thank you very much for, for, for helping me get this off my chest, Barry. Always lovely. And I'm, 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 thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I became a bit agitated here oh. and there, but, you know, I am concerned about the, the world that we live it's in. It's understandable, and hopefully we can get this message across to other people and they'll oh, appreciate what we're trying to get across. I hope so, too. Oh, thank- anyway, lovely to lovely see you. Lovely to see you. Oh, yeah. So, I have to ask. Do you need a bra? Yes. Do you need a bra that makes abrupt, aggressive utterances at a woody perennial plant, but not the one you intended it to? Yes. Barking up the wrong tree, brah. <laughs> Stephen Denny wants to know, do you need a bra that will hold your cigarettes for you? 
I do. Marlborough. Do you need a bra that will lead a workers' revolution? <laughs> yes. Seizing the means of production, bra. <laughs> I never thought I would hear that sentence said in that way. <laughs> Why not? I think that if anything, like the youth in America at the moment are very much showing that we will not be, uh, not be uh, sitting down just because we are young people. Indeed. We will lead the revolution. Uh, do you need a bra that strikes you using a feathered appendage? I, I, I do. I'm wigging it, bra. <laughs> nice. <laughs> do you need a bra that will advise you on the angle that you sh- your expletive should be directed? Yeah. Swear down, bra. <laughs> do you need a bra... That will tell you whether you're stood adjacent to something or whether you're on top of it. I do. I'm on it, brah. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, is that a good place for us to wrap up this week? I think so. Uh, So this has been another episode of Queer Unpleasant Strangers. We hope you've enjoyed. Uh, Now is the time to do self-promotion. So Jane, where can people find you and the things you do on the internet? I'm at Maniac Chaniac on Twitter, Maniac Chaniac on YouTube, and I'm somewhere else or something else. What's the other thing I do? StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. There you go. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz most places on the internet. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can also find me Monday to Friday at kotaku.co.uk. And you can find me on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast. We play 5th edition. Every season is a self-contained story. Uh, season 4 is currently ongoing, where I play a wizard who does magic using Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, be a stranger. Woo!